Hello, everybody. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. You're watching Legacy Television. We're so glad to have you tuned into the broadcast today. In just a moment, we're going to take you back into service here from Legacy Church in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado, where God has been doing good things and greater things are yet to come. We've been talking all year about the word of the Lord to this church family and to our global partner family. And he said to us that 2021 would be a year of life more abundantly. And we believe that word and we receive that word. And that's what we're going to talk more about on this broadcast today. Today is part three of a message we call That's the Spirit. Because Jesus said it's the Spirit that quickens or it's the Spirit that gives life. What kind of life? Life more abundantly. But you can't find that kind of life in the flesh because Jesus said the flesh profits or produces nothing. So in just a moment, we're going to go right back into Legacy Church for part three of That's the Spirit. But before we do that, let me read to you something from the book of Colossians chapter one. Verse 28, well, back up to verse 27, it says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now listen to verse 28. These three words, him we preach. Who him? Jesus. Jesus, the anointed one. That's who we preach. Paul said in another place in his writings, he said, we don't preach ourselves, but we preach Jesus Christ. He said, him we preach. Now listen, he said, him we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we might present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. More than 10 years ago, when Sarah and I began Pearson's Ministries International, we started it on this verse right here, him we preach. And it was to serve as a constant reminder that this is our assignment, not to preach ourselves, not to preach our own lives or just our own experience, but to preach Jesus, not to get to people to identify with us, but to get people to identify with him, with his victory. Amen. Him we preach. But I love the rest of this verse because in it, you can see who Paul's demographic was, if you will. And I feel like people ask us that question so often, especially when we began this ministry. What's your demographic? Who are you talking to? Who are you going after? And if you were to ask Paul, what's your demographic? You want to know what he would have said? Every man. Him we preach, warning every man, teaching every man that we may present Every man perfect in Christ Jesus. What's Paul saying? I want them all. I want this gospel to get to every man. Now, I know that I might not have the opportunity to speak to every person on earth, but when I do my job and you do yours and every person in the kingdom of God does what God's called them to do, we touch and have the ability to reach every person from the top of the world to the bottom and all the way around. That's the assignment on this ministry. We are now a local church. Legacy Church is a local church here in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. And this new arm and assignment in ministry has been so rewarding and so fulfilling. And I got to tell you, we are having the time of our lives in this place. And if you've never come, you are invited to come join us for a service. But we're not just a local church. We have a global calling. And that's what you're watching right now. This television ministry is a part of that global call to do what? To preach Jesus, to preach Jesus to everybody that we can get a hold of. 
Because you're born again, there's there's a spirit in you, God's spirit that gave life to you and the will to do good, the will to fulfill the plan of God. Man, that is in you. I don't even know how a better way to get that across to you. That's who you are. This, this flesh isn't who you are now. It's the spirit that's alive unto God. And yet, you still got this flesh to deal with. And he said there's a war. I think of it like a tug of war. Did you ever play tug of war as a kid? You get two teams lined up on either side. and One's pulling this way and another's pulling this way. You got spirit and you got flesh. But you get to decide which one gets fed. You get to decide which one is loudest. You get to decide which one gets stronger and stronger and which one gets weaker and weaker. But you have to remember this, the flesh is weak. It's weak. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I love verse 25. I Thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's who. What was his question? Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? Jesus is. Jesus will. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so that with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. You got to connect it to chapter eight, verse one. The best news you've heard all day. There is, therefore, now, say it with me, no condemnation. See, that's, that's Satan's whole goal with this flesh side. Get you roped into stuff so that as soon as you do it and as soon as you say it and as soon as you miss that mark again, he can turn right around and beat you over the head with it. But the good news is, there is, therefore, right now, No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, every time you see the word flesh in these next few verses, say it out loud. Every time you see the word spirit, say it out loud. He said, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the, but according to the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do uh, in that it was weak through the flesh God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful on account of sin he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the but according to the See, you get to decide which one you walk according to. This is your choice. For those, he said in verse 5, who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the But those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally, or you could say to be fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is what? It's what? It's what? Life. It's life. I came that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. Okay, Jesus, how do I get it? How do I access it? You got to get the spirit things on your mind. Because to be fleshly, carnally minded is nothing but death. But to be spiritually minded is life. 
Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Here's the good news, though. You're not in the flesh. Yeah, I know you got some of it, but you're not in it. You don't have to let it control you anymore. You got this other thing you've been born of. You've been born of the spirit. You're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he's not his. And if Christ is in you, the body, the flesh is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we're debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit, here's how you do it. If by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will die live. Where's life found? It's not in the flesh. It's in the spirit. You will live, he said, for as many as are led by the spirit of God. These are the sons of God. This is us. This is who we are. We're led by his spirit. He said, those who are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. In other words, these, this is a defining characteristic of people who've been born of God. Isn't that what sons of God means? You've been born of God. My son was born of Sarah and I. You're a son of God. You were born of him. How do we know that? You're led not by your flesh, but by your spirit. We say this together. Week after week, we're in the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. How do you end up in that place day after day, huh? The Spirit will lead you there. Well, if the Spirit that is life and the Spirit that gives life is leading you, where do you think He's leading you to? More life. More and more and more life. Led by the Spirit. But here's the thing. Your feet are just following what's on your mind. So how do, we, how do we be led by the Spirit? Well, you take a step back. You think. You set your mind on the things of the Spirit, not the things of the flesh. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit, and you'll be led by the Spirit. Well, how do you get the things of the Spirit on your mind? Pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit will cause you to think in the Spirit. And if you will think in the Spirit, it will cause you to walk in the Spirit. But it starts back here with praying. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Holy Ghost. I'll read you this last scripture and then we'll begin to wrap up. Galatians chapter 5. Musicians, if you guys want to begin to come, you can. Galatians chapter 5. says in verse 19, well, back up to verse 16. He said, I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things you wish. Doesn't that sound like Romans 7? There's this tug of war going on and you end up doing the thing you didn't wish to do because you walked according to the flesh. He said, listen, the way out of that, walk in the spirit. How do you walk in the spirit? Think in the spirit. How do you think in the spirit? Pray in the spirit. He said, if you are led by the spirit, verse 18, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. The works of the flesh. Again, what is the flesh? It's not just the part of you that wants to do bad. It's the part of you that tries to do good without the strength to do it. He said the works of the flesh try, and, and he was writing to people, this Galatian church. These are people that heard the message that Paul preached. And then somebody else came along and said, yeah, but you need the law too. You got to go back to fulfilling the law. And he said, that's the works of the flesh. He said, you go back to that. Listen to what your flesh is going to produce when you try to look to the arm and the strength of the flesh to cause you to do good. Look at what it's going to produce. That law that says don't, don't covet your neighbor's wife, look what the flesh is going to produce. Fornication. The flesh will do that. Because if you're looking to the flesh to keep you faithful in your marriage, you won't be. That strength comes from the Spirit. Faithfulness, you're going to see here in a second, is a fruit of the Spirit. He said, the works of the flesh are evident. He said, um, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and of the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is the life that comes out of looking to the flesh to do what only the spirit can strengthen you to do. And if you're not praying in the spirit, then you're not thinking in the spirit. You're thinking in the flesh. And if you're thinking in the flesh, you're walking according to the lust of the flesh. I like the way the message translation says it. He says, it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods, magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition. Hmm? Cutthroat competition. Would the Spirit lead you into competition like that? Huh? Would the Spirit of God ever lead you into unfaithfulness to your spouse? Would the Spirit of God ever lead you in, in, into cheating? Would the Spirit of God ever lead you into any of these things? Well, if it's not the Spirit of God leading you into that, and yet the pressure's on you, and it's on your mind, and you start walking that, what do you need to do? Stop out loud, or, or stop right where you are, say out loud, point to it, and say what? That's the flesh. That's not me. We tell this to our children. 
to Justice and Jesse. Anytime they get, you know, where an attitude needs to be adjusted or something like that, or we look at them and say, hey, you know that thing you said to your sister, that thing you said to your brother, the way you said that, we say to them, that wasn't you. That's not you. Justice, you're a man of love. Jesse, you got the spirit of love on the inside of you, and the spirit of God has shed abroad in your heart the love of God by the Holy Ghost. That's who you are. When you remind yourself all the time, no, that's the flesh. That ain't me. That's just this old, that's a dead man walking. This is who I am. Hmm? And that's why he gets into this. In verse 21, 22, he said, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Crucify the flesh. Is it fun? Uh Uh-uh. Must we do it? All the time. Crucify this flesh. Paul said it in, in earlier in the same book, I have been crucified with Christ. In other words, when Jesus' flesh was on that cross, by my faith in his action, my flesh was on that cross. And when that flesh starts talking again, you know it will. And I'm telling you something, I got the same stuff you got. And I don't care what super Christian you look up to, what holy man of God, some wonderful preacher you know who you've been listening to on TV or radio for the last 30 years, they got flesh. And you do too. And every single one of us have the same requirement. Crucify it. Put that flesh back up on the cross. And when it starts talking and and you got to look at it, point right at it and say, no, no. That's the flesh. The spirit wouldn't talk like that. The spirit doesn't think like that. That's the flesh. You look at that flesh, you say, flesh, you're a dead man. You get back up on that cross where you belong. You're a dead man. Dead men don't tell me where to go. Dead men don't get to drive the car. Huh? Dead men don't get to decide the decisions that we make in this life. Dead men don't have influence. Flesh, you're a dead man. I crucify, I have been crucified with Christ. And Paul said it like this, nevertheless, I live. So I got this one part of me that's crucified. I got this other me that's alive and well, born of God. That's my spirit. That's who I am. And the spirit of God in me is the same spirit that overcomes the world. Amen. And if that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, he will quicken this mortal body. And I'll win the tug of war every time. Every time. But you can't look to the flesh for the strength that only comes from the spirit. It's like picking teams. If you're the one picking teams and you got a bunch of people out there on the field, um, how many of you know that the weakling the, the little 85-pound skin and bone kid, he's not typically the first one that gets picked. Why? People want strength on their side. 
But when you're picking teams, don't pick the flesh. It's weak. It's weak. No strength. Come on, choose the Spirit. The Spirit of God in you. I was thinking this morning about a man named Samson. You remember him? We've got this picture in our head of, of how strong and physically, physically stacked this guy was. You know, not an ounce of body fat on him, six foot six, muscle bound. But do you realize in the book of Judges across his whole life, there's not one reference to his physical stature? The only thing we see over and over and over again is the Spirit of the Lord came on him. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily on him. The Spirit of God came on him, and he beat a thousand men. He killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. The Spirit of the Lord came on him, and he killed 30 Philistines. The Spirit of the Lord came on him, and he lifted the city gates. The Spirit of the Lord came on him. I mean, over and over and over again. It's the Spirit that was the source of the strength. That helps dudes that look like me. And, and to be honest, I think he probably looked more like this because, because if it was physical strength that did it, it wouldn't be miraculous. But it was the spirit that came on him. The spirit of the Lord came on him and he killed a lion with his bare hands. But do you realize in, in the course of his story, he kills a lion. On one hand, he kills 30 Philistines. On another, he kills a thousand. Like I said, he lifts up these city gates this man was so strong when the Spirit of the Lord came on him to do that. Killed a thousand dudes at one time, but couldn't fight off one woman. One woman. When you look back at his life, his first words in Scripture were, Father, I have seen a woman in Timnah. Get her for me. Ugh. That marriage ended disastrously, literally with people being burned and 30 dead groomsmen. It was not a good party. And then the Bible talks to us about him visiting the harlot and finally ends up in the bed of Delilah. Oh, yeah, he's strong when it comes to fighting these Philistines. But one woman, what is that? That's flesh. And I, I promise you this, the same spirit of God and the same strength that was on him to fight those Philistines was available to fight her. But when you look to the flesh, hmm, no strength, no strength. Come on, we're going to get our eyes on the spirit of God. Stand up on your feet. Thank you, Lord. Now listen to me. Whatever area that the flesh has had control in, I'm telling you the same spirit that came on Samson is living big in you and there is strength to resist it. There is strength to crucify it. And from this day forward, you can be a new man, a new woman. You don't have to walk in the flesh the way you did in times past. You can walk in the spirit. And if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But as long as you look into the flesh to resist the flesh, it ain't going to work. It's like leaving the dog to guard the steak and saying, puppy, don't let anybody get this steak. Don't let anybody take it. All right, I'm leaving the house for an hour, but you guard it. It's foolishness. People think that self-control is leaving the self in control. It's not. 
It's the spirit being in control of the self and the flesh. And you've got that living big in you. You can walk out of here today strong in the spirit, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.